Hey folks, and welcome to the Cyber Threat Perspective. Uh, coming at you with another episode today here at LegalSec 2022. You've got myself, Brad, and Mr. Spencer. What's up, everybody? And we thought it appropriate for this particular podcast to talk a little bit about um, law firms and specifically the, the cyber threats that are unique to them and maybe how to address some of that or how to approach it. So yeah. when you talk about... Um, threats to firms, right? What, yep. What's the first thing that pops in your head? First thing that comes to my mind being an internal pen tester is yeah. file shares, documents, document management systems, particularly ones that are over permissive, right? Yeah. It's very common for law firms to have matters in different industries or different verticals, different um, you know areas of legal and everybody needs access to those, right? There's different mm -hmm. groups of people that need access to those. And so what we find is that, and even during security assessments and audits, is that it is over permissive because everybody from different parts of the firm need access to it, right? Knowledge yep. management needs access to it, attorneys, their, um, their LPAs need access to it. So there's a variety of different people that need access to it, not to mention external parties who need access to it as sure. well. So sure. the first thing that comes to my mind is the permissive nature of file shares and document management systems that end up leading to you know groups of people having unintended access to things. And then at the very worst case, what we find a lot is sensitive information in those files like passwords, credit card numbers, PII, stuff like that, that doesn't really need to be, you know, shared with everyone amongst the firm. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And so for me, um, you know, looking at it from like an enterprise risk perspective, the first thing that comes to mind for me is identity and access management, yeah. you know, and we see failures of IAM implementation uh, in a lot of our external penetration tests yeah. and even in some of the web app pen testing that we do. Uh, and the reason for that is because it's kind of piecemeal, right? Yeah. And so as we build up our application portfolio and our different um, identity needs, we just kind of add new pieces to yep. it. And eventually we end up with this jungle of stuff yep. that, that's not really well integrated. Yep. And, and so there comes a time when you kind of have to stop and reset and look at that yep. at, at a more enterprise and a more holistic level. Yep. Um, but, but that's what scares me is, is yep. you know, identity is getting compromised. What can they do, whether it's right. inside or outside? Right. So, and you know, document management systems realize this. You know, the DMSs of the world, um, NetDocs, and and all the other ones, they realize this, and they understand the struggle that firms are going through with identities and role-based access control. So, they are paying attention to this problem. They're trying to provide data and insight and analytics mm -hmm. and controls to help mitigate that. Right. Uh, so when you create a new matter, you can set security around it, and there's a whole bunch of controls. And, you know, I'm reminded of the discussion Daniel had this morning, the presentation yeah. that Daniel had. There was a question in the audience about this very thing. of How do you start to wrangle the permissions and the access across the firm who's been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years, and they've got some technical debt, they've maybe got a legacy system, or they're implementing a new system. How do you go about wrangling the permission uh, conundrum, I guess, you know, sure. we'll say, uh, one of the, one of the ways that, you know, you can start doing that. And I think there's many ways to, to, to start tackle this, but tagging the data and data categorization classification was one of the things that was brought up yeah. in that discussion. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, approaching again, kind of the uniqueness that is the vertical of law firms and, and, and those types of, of clients, um, everything's data centric. 
Yeah. Right. And so if we start with that and, and just kind of build out from there, yeah. you know, I've, I'm starting to kind of take this approach to just about everything from the nucleus perspective and say, okay, yeah. where do we start? Yeah. And we're, and then, and then at, in, you know, rings out from that, yep. how do we address issues pertaining to the right. most important thing? And so to your point, document management systems yep. and documents, especially those with yep. passwords in them, are yep. really, really important yep. for us to keep track of and stay on top of. And, then, yep. and that's where I think the reason I go to IAM after that. Yep. Um, but it doesn't kind yep. of stop there, yep. right? There are other issues. I know, um, you know you've been hyper-focused on Active Directory, yep. which is, I mean, I guess you could throw that into IAM, right? Yep. But but yep. that just being that identity and, and uh, directory system. So what are some of the challenges that law firms are facing with regards to that? Yeah, so with Active Directory, you know, many of the times your DMS is probably integrated with Active Directory, right? You sign on to your computer and maybe it's, you know, single sign-on, you just log into the application or maybe it's just a pass-through type thing uh, with Active Directory. But there's a lot of misconfigurations or a lot of hidden dangers with Active Directory, especially for law firms where you have different groups that have different privilege levels, right? You have maybe knowledge management that needs a certain level of permissions to do things. You have um, you have the document and intake people who take in evidence and have to work with, you know, taking in documents from different cloud or, uh, you know, file sharing sites and they need a certain level of access. Uh, so what happens is you have this you know, uh, access sprawl. You have the sprawling of access, and eventually, you know, you have these nested groups, and we talk about that a lot with yeah. Active Directory as nested security groups, and then ultimately, you kind of have these hidden relationships or these hidden uh, admins, so to speak, in your environment. So somebody in knowledge management or whatever the department might need certain permissions to do something, yeah. and then they're granted permissions, and then it's kind of a snowball effect, and they're granted more and more, and before you know it, it's kind of gotten out of hand, uh, sure. and it, the privilege creep has kind of crept in, for for lack of a better word, yeah. I guess. And, and a lot of these are, you know, problems that we would see um, that are just organic, right? Yeah. They kind of they start out very minor. Yeah. They, like you said, they snowball out, and over a period of time, they grow into a more serious problem. So, so those are kind of, I guess, I guess if we break them down, those are the high level challenges, yeah. right? We talked about managing, you know, file system access. Yeah. Active Directory. We talked about IAM. Yep. Um, all right. So let's talk about solutions. Yep. Um, I'll go first, right? With identity and access management, um, I would tell you that, you know, don't look at the tools necessarily. Yep. Don't look at the technology. Yeah. Focus on your processes yep. that allow you to handle identity and access management correctly. And yep. what I mean by that are things like asset inventories, application portfolios. Um, you know, and just knowing what you have and knowing what their capabilities are. Um, yeah. And you do want to do that at a technical level, yeah. right? But the goal here is just to be able to apply as uniformly as possible yeah. your um, IAM policies across your entire enterprise. Yeah. And if you have non-compliant applications or non-compliant systems, you know, start working on phasing those out. Put it on your risk register. Make it a high priority yeah. for your organization because at the end of the day, one of your key controls, which is another thing Daniel talked about in his presentation, yeah. uh, is, is going to be that product. Yeah. And, and evaluating its success is going to depend on yeah. all of the kind of supporting processes yeah. you know, that exist there. So. Yeah, and the role-based access control stuff, it starts with understanding your users and what they need access to, right? Uh, you know, setting up uh, a categorization system or some sort of system where you're kind of organizing the different types of roles in the firm and what they need access to. 
and what matters they need access to or what types of data they need access to. That can help too to kind of map things and, and put stuff in a, even in an Excel spreadsheet to map yeah. like this role is, does this, they need access to this, these types of matters or this, you know, these, uh, these attorneys matters, that kind of thing. You begin to map that out and document it. Yep. And then it's much more manageable to start going through and identifying what, per, what groups need permissions where and, and kind of going from that direction. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm actually talking a little bit about that later on today with regards to zero trust and taking RBAC and applying yep. that role-based access control and applying that yep. in combination with things like conditional access yep. to create a comprehensive plan right. That gives us a little bit better, yep. um, you know, control there. So cloud, everybody, you know, document management systems—they're going cloud-centric. Sure. Right? Yeah. We haven't. We work with a number of clients that are migrating from on-prem to the cloud. That's a very common thing. Everybody's in that state. Yeah. Like there's some you're, some percentage. Right. But but very few people are. We're right. all on-prem or we're all cloud. Right. right. So so everybody's in that kind of weird yep. middle middle ground. And I bring that up because one of the hidden dangers, right, of cloud is like. What's common lately is the MFA bombing, prompt bombing. Yeah. Right. You're you're giving a talk about zero trust, so you know modern authentication is going to be a key component, a key strategy sure. for securing those DMS systems and the cloud apps that you use. So modern authentication is you know uh, is one of the key components of that zero trust you know thing. And real quick, while we're on zero trust, maybe just like high level, you know, let's tell everybody what zero trust is not as like a precursor yeah, to the conversation. Yeah. That's a really good idea, right? So it's kind of a buzzword right now. And, uh, you know, I think there's three or four talks here at LegalSec yep. on zero trust. So it's important enough that out of, you know, two and a half days of talks, yep. you know, a, a reasonable percentage of them are on that subject. But, you know, at a high level, uh, what we what zero trust is not is basically creating these these pockets of access within your organization, right? So in a traditional network, we'll see a VPN user come and they'll attach themselves to the network. And once they do, they have access to everything um, that's in that network, right? Even if I don't have permissions to um, access it directly or to authenticate to it, I can touch it, right? And that's really what we're trying to get rid of in a zero trust environment is you know we don't even want you to be able to interact with that right so you're going to have a single point of authentication you're going to be sso'd across everything that is accessible for your internal users yep. and and really it kind of goes beyond that too right because again once we do authenticate right we still yep. want to have controls there too yep. and so that's where kind of we, we key on the role-based access control yep. because you know as a uh, as a paralegal maybe i don't need access to right. um you know certain types of things and so that role will be really limited to its functionality within yep. that app as opposed to i yep. log in and i have everything yep and you know if you're a microsoft shop conditional access oh yeah you can use conditional access to also kind of differentiate different uh different roles or different severity levels of users at your firm so that you can, you know, restrict where they can access things, where they can log in from. Uh, and that is a conditional access is also one of the, the driving factors for, you know, really helping fix MFA's weaknesses, right? MFA has one weakness in that, you know, if you're using a SMS code or some sort of OTP, or even if you're using like the push authentication, there's yeah. one flaw in that, and that's the social engineering aspect of sure, it. Sure, sure. Conditional access and you know uh, Microsoft's risky sign-in things and stuff like that. 
helps to identify those risky sign-ins and prevent them. So there's a lot of interesting things you can do with conditional access that are more cloud-centric things. They're not things that you would traditionally see sure. with an on-prem solution. Yeah, agreed. And you can take it even a step further than that, too, is that each individual action taken, even after authentication, right? Because yep. one of the things we see as well is at the, end of the, at the end of an authentication process, whether it's MFA or regardless of its strength, really what you end up with is a session, yep. right? Or you end up with a token or something that yep. you take around and present to these various applications and systems to prove that you are who you say you are. Yep. If I steal that, right, whether it be through man in the browser or you right. know something like that, uh, then I am you and I am just post-authentication. Yep. And so what we want to move toward is a model where each individual step that you take is reevaluated. Yep. So it's like conditional access, but everything. Yep. You know? And so if I log in and I want to upload a file, okay, that action, does that meet the conditions yep. or the context is really the key word that I yep. like to use. Is that does that make sense in the context of things? Right. Right? If I if I logged in from California and I'm uploading a file from yep. South America, those yep. don't line up, right? So yep. so maybe we don't we don't do that or we reprompt for authentication. Right. So yep. good stuff. So anything else you want to cover before? I know this is going to go live for you guys probably a little while after uh, LegalSec is over, yep. right? So you'll be seeing this a few weeks from now. Um, but, you know, this is a really cool conference, yeah. and it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, we've been a lot of fun. So I'm speaking tomorrow, uh, doing the Hired Hacker uh, discussion. That's appropriate. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart, hacking law firms. That's what we do, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. So we're very good at that. We, we like doing that, and we find that... Uh, the firms that do do a pen, uh, penetration test, whether it's with us or with anybody else, they do get a lot of value if, you know, from a good test, right? Yeah. And a good internal pen test or a good assumed breach pen test goes a long way to finding yeah. a lot of the things that busy IT people at law firms either miss or they don't understand or it's too complex because I talk about this a lot with Active Directory. Active Directory is a complex beast, right? Yeah. You have group policy and users and computers and passwords and servers and Active Directory and group policy and is this whole confusing complex mess. It's easy to miss things and there's a lot of best practices that you can do to kind of mitigate some of the risk of admin accounts, of you know password sharing, and all these things that you would find on an internal network. So having a pen test and making sure you do a, get a good pen test every year is vitally important. Same with an external pen test, you oh, yeah. would say. A web pen test, if you're doing web development or if you have web apps of your own, um, it's important to test those regularly when you make big changes. Uh, so that's what we're gonna be talking about tomorrow at the Hired Hacker session. Um, you've gotta talk today uh, about mm -hmm. zero trust that we're looking forward to. So uh, Daryl is giving a talk today as well. Daniel yeah. gave a talk this morning. So I think it's like the Secure IT 360 conference. Yeah, today. We're, taking, we're taking over. <laughs> taking over. So uh, in any case, it's good seeing you guys. Um, and uh, if you get a chance to come out in 2023, uh, I think we'll be at Ilticon and LegalSec as yeah. well. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys there.